Bills Mafia, welcome back. We got another episode of Off the Edge tonight. It's going to be a great one. Glad you guys can come join in. We got a little Bills Raiders talk, a little bit of uh, Bills Commanders talk, but it should be a good one. Bills bounce back heavy. It's good news. No, no, not too much bad to talk about this week compared to last week. So let's get right into it. Off the Edge starts right now. What's going on, Bills Mafia, Built in Buffalo fam? Uh, glad to have you guys in here. Glad to be uh, on another show tonight. We got, you know, a no, great show for you guys tonight. A lot to talk about. I'm here joined by Akeem. Akeem, how you doing? Are you ready for some football this week? Last week it was better, better, better week this week than last week, I think we could say. Um, so how you doing? Um, how's your Wednesday going and how's your week going? Uh, a Rich, Akeem Richens, Built in Buffalo. If you don't know me by now, please get to know me. Ben Shoot. I feel marvelous, bro. It's 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 the middle of the week. I can go into work happy with my chin up. It's not too much talking around the AFC East uh, guys around my workplace. So I, I I feel real good headed into this week, and I hope we can keep that momentum going. Yeah, yeah. So we had a good week this past week. It was the home opener. Everybody is always super excited for that. I do want to give a shout out to Raiders fans as well. You guys were awesome. Mm-hmm. I know that there's obviously a lot of talk back and forth sometimes between team opposing teams but they were awesome i thought that it was one of the the better fan bases that we've seen come to buffalo so shout out to the raiders fans just wanted to give them a quick shout out um but let's just i mean get right into it right i mean mm-hmm. it was a great game 38 to 10 final it it didn't start off the best i think some people were a little bit you know concerned right off the bat um but we'll start with the offensive side of the ball because last week we all know the offensive side of the ball was rough I mean, Josh Allen had arguably one of the worst games of his career, uh, if not the worst. It just it, nothing really seemed to flow in the offense last week against the Jets. But the Raiders this time, it seemed to flow a lot better. So what are just your initial thoughts on the offense, your overall thoughts on how this offense flowed throughout the game, how Dorsey did and just how Josh bounced back? Uh, initial thoughts on on the offense for the Buffalo Bills, when you watch the performance last week against the New York Jets, you wanted to see a better performance. You wanted to see patience and you wanted to see control and you wanted to see mistake-free football. And I think those things is what described the Buffalo Bills offense uh, this past Sunday. There was much more control. They took what the defense gave them. Uh, Josh Allen was was able to be patient and 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 look short to intermediate and later that opened up some long plays to to Gabriel Davis on a touchdown to Gabriel Davis on some some improvision on a rollout right so i i think because of the patience that was able to to open up the entire offense for the buffalo bills and we can't discredit or discount what the buffalo bills offensive line did as well right with the push up front uh have some physicality, more physicality than I've seen in past years. And I think Osiris Torrance provides that physicality at 6'5", 350 pounds, and he was able to open up, and the rest of the offensive line, Spencer Brown included, was able to open up uh, uh, a lot of rushing lanes for James Cook and the Buffalo Bills rotation. Yeah, I mean, you nailed pretty much my exact thoughts there, was just the key words that I do really want to point out is patience, 
and physicality. It was patient and physical. That's what you saw. And that's what the one thing that really stood out from what you just said was Josh took the easy plays. You saw it early on. Just play action. Sometimes he didn't even look downfield. He just saw Cook open on the flat, get it to Cook, get it to whoever. And that was the one thing I think that we love to see. And right here, like John said in the comments, Josh completed his first 13 passes. That really mm-hmm. showed just how he wasn't forcing anything. Even mm-hmm. if it wasn't fully open, you know, he was going to take the easy ball. Or if it was a little bit open, he wasn't going to force it. He was going to just take what he's given. Um, but I did also want to highlight the offensive line, just like you did. The offensive line, I mean, it, it, it did a phenomenal job. I, I was one of the people I think that was a little more nervous going into this game with Max Crosby being on the other side. And Spencer Brown being somebody who has had his struggles from time to time. So... I think he held up well, especially against a guy like Max Crosby, who is a game wrecker. I mean, he can really, he's one of the best. He's up there, you know, with Bond, with a guy like, you know, Aaron Donald. And he's, he's one of the best in the game. And Spencer Brown really, I think, held his own. Um, and then, as you said, Osiris Torrance just, I mean, it, he looks solid, amazing again. It was unbelievable. I'm, it's, a very good sign to be able to see a right guard come in here that that has been a position for the past few years that I feel like the Bills have kind of been searching for. They've been searching for their guy. Uh-huh. And to get a guy that you get him in the second round, yeah, everybody kind of had him a little bit higher. So maybe he has a little higher expectations than most second round picks. But he's, I mean, he's filling those shoes, right? Very uh-huh. well with right tackle like we said that struggled a little bit with spencer brown and maybe that is part of the reason spencer brown's playing better he just feels more comfortable with a guy like osiris torrance right next to him mm-hmm. but it's it is amazing to see this offensive line and i do also want to point out dalton kincaid man he looks he looks like he's already fitting in so well it looks like you're just waiting for that breakout game from him mm-hmm. um he looks reliable he looks like he looks like a six five four Cole Beasley, maybe not to the extent of what Cole was in his prime in Buffalo, mm-hmm. um, but it looks like he can easily get to that 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 stature of being a such a great receiving back or receiving tight end that can just get you five, seven, six, seven yards, can just be that safety valve for Josh Allen. So mm-hmm. the offense, I mean, it really looked phenomenal. I mean, it was something that was a cons- bit of a concern of mine. It wasn't a huge concern. Um, I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on that. Going into the game, were you concerned about this offense or were you just more on the side of uh, when it was the, against the Jets, it was just one game, week or ho- a season opener, little rust, got to get it off. Uh, which side were you more on? Uh, I, I knew going into week one that the Jets were one of the better, if not top three to five def- best defensive teams in the NFL. And on top of that, being a AFC East division rival, that that makes it a little bit more difficult. So I'm going to give the Jets a little bit of flowers here because there's not a lot of defensive fronts that in the NFL that's like the New York Jets. But you do want to see you want to see the positive plays. You want to see the dominance. You want to see the ability to score and, and put up put up the, the the 30 points we've been accustomed to seeing the last two years because we haven't seen it against the Jets last week. We didn't see it in the divisional round against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, even though we, we, we all know it was there and the Buffalo Bills had an in them, it's been a couple of games since we've seen it. And now that we saw it, it's just like a breath of fresh air into what we already know that is capable from this offense. Yeah, and I think... The, the difference I think this year you're seeing is 
like we said, that he's just, it's taking the easy stuff. It's not, you know, I, I can't remember too many times where Allen has th- thrown for less than 10 yards per completion, not per attempt, per completion. I feel like that's a little bit of a rarity for a guy like Josh Allen because he does want to push, the, he wants to push it downfield, mm-hmm. but he's learning to take those, those little dump offs here and there and just take the easy stuff. And I think, he, you're starting to see him get more comfortable. You saw it against this this past week, get more comfortable in that type of offense. And you're seeing a little bit of a shift, I think. Not too much. It's still going to be a very pass-heavy offense, but you're starting to see the run game come alive a little more. And mm-hmm. Osiris Torrance is one of the guys, big reasons why. he's really he, He's been able to move guys off the line of scrimmage. He's been able to do a lot of different things um, for this offensive line. Um, so my last thought about the offensive line before we go into the, or the offense, before we go into the defense is what was one thing that you maybe want, wanted to see a little more of from this offense in, in week two? Uh, that, you know, that is, that is an, that's an excellent question. I think overall the, 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 the office, the entire body of work, it's, they did us a, a phenomenal job. It's, it's hard to point the blame or the finger. I think the offensive line did well. I think the, uh, uh, the running backs did well. People have been looking for that secondary receiver beyond Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis had a, had a good game. Ken Dorsey uh, uh, had a good game as an offensive coordinator. I don't know where this ranks in terms of his best performances, but this was a pretty good performance. So overall, I, I really like the offensive performance from the Buffalo Bills. So I'm not, I don't have too much complaints. We didn't even make any mistakes uh, 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 last week, like we've been accustomed to making, you know, Josh Allen leads the NFL with 84 turnovers last week, zero turnovers and only four penalties. And for the Buffalo Bills, that is a pretty doggone good job. Yeah, I think you, you nailed it again. I mean, it, it, there's not really much you can say about this offense that did bad. I mean, I think the only bad play that I think I really, really remember was Josh's interception that ended up not counting because Mm -hmm. there was a penalty on the play. So Mm -hmm. it, it, besides that, which Mm -hmm. is a play that doesn't even count, I don't think, like you said, there's not really much that you can point about this offense that you look and say, I didn't like that. I, I wish we would have changed that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, the offense looked great. Now they're going up against commander's defense, which we'll preview a little bit later. Um, Mm -hmm. But I do want to switch over to the defensive side of the ball for the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. That was a bright, one of the few bright spots in week one against the Jets. And it continued to be another bright spot this past week. So what really stood out to you from this defense? um, And what excites you going into now week three for this defense? Now, Initially, when we saw the game and the Buffalo Bills uh, def- defense came against the uh, Las Vegas Raider offense, it was it was a little frustrating. We had the, the good start by Ed Oliver. I believe he had like a four-yard loss. And then all of a sudden, it was a 12-yard catch by Jacobs, 17-yard catch by Devontae Adams, uh, the end around to the Tucker kid for 34 yards, and then a 16-yard touchdown to Devontae Adams. And it showed little resistance and it was like, okay, what is going on here? Are we, are we going to have more trouble in our home reminiscent to Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs? Is it going to be something like that? But lo and behold, the Buffalo Bills, that staff, that the players, they made the necessary adjustments. And after that series, they was lights out ever since. They didn't provide any sacks, but they got, countless pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they 
They made it bothersome for him in the pocket. I believe we we got into his passing lanes a bit. There was uh, a couple of interceptions by Bernard and, and Milano, Moss and a guy, Moss and Josh Jacobs. So uh, I believe the Buffalo Bills overall did a, a, a phenomenal job on the defensive side of the ball. And, and it's how the Buffalo Bills did it. Ed Oliver is a guy that we've paid this offseason and we wanted to see him while he didn't play bad. We wanted to see him make more splash plays for the next four years for the Buffalo Bills. And I think Sunday's game, he provided some splash plays where he came out and he dominated his man and, and made the play. Uh, there was some some cause of, of concern for Terrell Bernard and how he came out third round pick first time being a middle linebacker kind of slender in size uh what's going to become of him and he showed that okay we see the reason why Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean drafted this guy he is instinctive He's smart. He has high uh, high IQ on on the football field, and he plays fast. He sees it, and he goes and he goes and get it. Even in mistakes, he plays fast, physical football. And I see exactly why uh, the Buffalo Bills drafted him when they drafted him. Even though in the scout report said he she should have been a a fifth or sixth round pick. Uh, the 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 secondary played well holding Jimmy Garoppolo no sacks no sacks so you would think he would have some time in the pocket to do to do a little thing he only had uh, 185 yards passing so overall I think the defense uh, uh, played very well as as well um, topping the offensive side of the ball it was a complete team effort on in Sunday's performance yeah I think it's tough to say which which side of the ball did better on Sunday and the because de the defense as, as good as we just said how the offense looked again defense looked phenomenal as well besides even the first drive the first drive if you were the first drive that was one of the best defensive games the Bills play, played in the McDermott era if you just get rid of that first drive and obviously you can't do that but it still was a phenomenal team effort on that side of the ball you saw everybody kind of making making their splash plays and another guy that you you, you mentioned was Terrell Bernard who just looks like he's getting more and more comfortable it's only week two and he already looks 10 times more comfortable than he did in the Jets game again missed all preseason because of that injury so that maybe that played a factor but he's he's looking more comfortable he's looking like okay he can be that guy next to Matt Milano that's going to help lead this defense and I, you'll still see him every once in a while. Like you said, he plays fast and he's a lighter linebacker. So you will see him every once in a while get pushed around, but you'll also see him making plays that, that, that some other guys can't because his speed allows him to get there. His mm -hmm. just like you also said, IQ, his IQ will allow him to make plays and see plays before other people would. So mm -hmm. it, there's positives, negative to every player, and that's just his is that he's a little smaller. So sometimes he will get bounced off the ball. He will get, you know, mm -hmm. pancaked if there's a guy, a big line, offensive lineman pulling, a guard pulling out of there. Mm -hmm. But you'll also see the opposite too. And he's going to learn. He's only going to get, you know, you can't teach those instincts. You can teach, you can, you can get a guy stronger. That's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. And with Terrell Bernard, it's just, it's awesome to see him now starting to put it together. It's only week two again. So mm -hmm. there's a whole season for him to even put it together more than he already has. Mm -hmm. um, so it was, it was a good overall, overall 
game by the defense. Like you said, with secondary, they looked very good again. Christian Benford looks like he's got that number two spot solidified and mm-hmm. looks like he could be a very good piece for this future. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my last question on the defense then. For right now, my last question for the defense is, what do you think of the Bernard situation? Do you think him he solidified that number two spot or do you think there's still some competition there? Uh, right now, I think, I think it's, it's his job to lose, right. Uh, with the Buffalo bills, having a, a, a cornerback tool competition with Christian Benford and Kyrie Elam and Dane Jackson, the winner is, is going to have that leash and, and Bernard has that leash and his play, is going to tell us if his leash deserves to be longer or shorter. And throughout the first two weeks, I think that uh, Christian uh, Benford leash has gotten longer. Now, maybe some games, it may be more game-specific in terms of the rotation for the Buffalo Bills cornerback room, right? Because Kair Elam, he hasn't been active the first two weeks, and we know Miami Dolphins is coming up, and we probably want to play some man in that situation. And the the defensive scheme may be different there, where we can implore a, a Kyrie Elam. But as far as starting cornerback number two, Christian Benford is is the guy. And even in the loss against the New York Jets, he displayed uh, something that you can't teach. You can't teach running a guy down. 30, 40 yards. You can't teach hustle and, and, and will. And that's something that he displayed on the football field. And that's something I'm pretty sure he displayed to the defensive coaching staff uh, since he's been with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. I mean, I think he, yeah, I agree that he, I don't think he's fully solidified. I don't think he's fully like it's 100% his job for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But he is making a great case for it. And it mm-hmm. continue, if he continues this by week seven, eight, nine, mm-hmm. then we might be saying, okay, no, this is his, he is no, he is cornerback number two for the foreseeable future. He could even, I've even, you know, had some conversations with some people saying, is he going to be that guy once Trey gets older and Trey, Trey retires? Is he going to be that number one corner? And there's a possibility. I mean, he looks like he can really just flat out play. He's fast. He can. He's. He's. He understands the defense as well, and that's I think a big thing, especially in a Sean McDermott defense. And that's also why I'm going to bring this question up here from from Stephen: Is what's up with Kyrie Elam? I don't think, and I'm going to pivot here off of off of Benford for a second. I'm, I I really do think that Kyrie Elam, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later in the show, but we might as well just talk about it now about mm-hmm. Kyrie Elam is. I don't think they've given up on him yet. I don't think I think they do have a plan, but it's it's a plan that they're they're change they can change at any moment. That I ha- it's not a set in stone plan that they they drafted him knowing this is what we're gonna do, this is what we're gonna do. It seems like they're kind of changing the plan on the fly, and you're seeing it with these healthy scratches. You saw it last year with a healthy scratch, and then he played pretty well in the playoffs and down the stretch. So he had a weird season last year. I think this season again. It's just for him, he's got to get used to – he's really just got to get used to, I think, playing as much zone as they the Bills ha- play, play at times, and he's just got to get used to the system a little more. What do you think of the Kyrie Elam situation? It's kind of one that we haven't gotten too much – too many answers from uh, or about. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think with, with the lack of knowledge on 
what their plan is? What do you think that they, they would they're looking at with Elon? I think it's 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 a it's a little struggle between coaching, coaching staff and player, because at the end of the day, you know, you want to be able to develop all your players and you want them to progress and succeed. But you're not going to change the entirety of your defense for just one player. You're not going to change majority of, of, of what you do for one guy. So right now it's it's kind of similar to a, to a defensive tackle in a 4-3 defense, right? He's used to playing defensive, that one tech or that three tech in a 4-3 defense because that's what, that's what he's accustomed to playing. But now he's playing for a team that's playing a 3-4 defense and now he has to be that big one tech nose in a 3-4 defense and he hasn't quite figured that out yet so i think that is kind of like the struggle the the buffalo bills is having and kair elam is having as well the buffalo bills are uh predominantly zone based scheme and kair elam is a man cover corner so they do two different things and the buffalo bills are trying to play more man but it's like that's their minor, right? And their major is is zone, and their minor is man. So I think that is the struggle. I don't think it's all Kyer Elam and Kyer Elam's fault. I think the coaching staff has to do a better job of figuring out how to get the best from Kyer Elam in the system that they're playing. Yeah, I mean, I think you've seen it with the Bills before, and I'm going to bring up AJ Epinesa as an example. They drafted him early. I, mean, I know it wasn't first round, but they drafted him early, and it's it was a kind of a pick that you looked at and you saw, thought he doesn't fit the mold that they might have been looking for at that time with when AJ Epinesa was drafted. And I think it's a similar situation with Kyrie Elam. They liked what he his his skill set. They liked what he brings to the table, but they knew that he might be a little take a little bit of time to understand the system, to, to make that that adjustment off of being a physical handsy guy cornerback that that that's really all that they that he needed to do. And now he's starting to kind of like, kind of like um what's his name um, Epinesa. It will take a little time for him to get get in there and really just make that 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 step to being a very good zone corner because he has the tools, he has the intangibles to get it done. We know he's got a good work ethic. We know ever, everything about him besides you know why he's not playing. And I think it's just one of those things that McDermott and Bean they're never going to force a guy in. They're never going to want put him in a position where he's not going to succeed. And I think they think right now, if they put Elam in, they're going to put him in a position that he where he won't succeed. And he just needs a little more time. Mm -hmm. Now, if it gets to week 13, 14, 15, and he's mm -hmm. played one or two games or three games, mm -hmm. then we can start you know asking a few more questions about why isn't he playing. But it's week two. I think that he'll end up playing... By midseason, he'll be out there on the, on the regular. Maybe not as number two corner, but he'll be he'll be cycled in here and there. So mm -hmm. I, I just think you, we, we got to be patient with him. We've had to be patient with guys in the in the past. Um, mm -hmm. Some have worked out, some haven't. Mm -hmm. So we'll we'll have to wait and see on Elam. I do, mm -hmm. however, want to talk about another guy who 
last year again as a rookie didn't really didn't really get the touches I think a lot of people were hoping mm-hmm. and now he's moving on over and becoming that number one running back in this offense and it's James Cook phenomenal game yesterday or not yesterday Sunday over 100 yards the mm-hmm. offensive line again like you said looked looked very solid but James Cook again looks like he's the real deal he looks like he's that RB1 early mm-hmm. on so mm-hmm. after his performance on Sunday how do you think the Bills should go about using their running back room do you think it's, it should be just you know James Cook all the way or still kind of keep it where it's cycle him in a little bit get Harris and Murray involved a little bit uh, I believe the Bills should should continue doing what they're doing and in terms of week two performance. I believe the Buffalo Bills should implore that three running back rotation, you know, sprinkling some looks for Damian Harris and, and Latavius Murray while still giving uh, James Cook the bulk of the carries. And 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 that's because James Cook for for number one he's an an explosive player with the ball in his hands he's probably the most explosive player we have on offense maybe Deontay Hardy maybe going to have an argument about that but if he is if he isn't he's one or two of the most explosive players on the Buffalo Bills offense and uh, I think that uh, he's proven us a lot of things that we probably didn't know about a James Cook. His his very first run when he ran for 10 yards and got a first down, the end of that play, he trucked the guy. So in that end of that play, he trucked the guy. He showed some physicality there. He showed that, okay, maybe not 30 carries on some Derrick Henry, but if you give me 15 to 20 carries, I can run between the tackles and be successful doing it, right? And I, I think he showed that he's capable of doing that as well as, uh, being an, an explosive receiver out the backfield and being a mismatch for linebackers and safety. So I, I do think James Cook should get the bulk of the carries, but Damian Harris and Latavius Murray also provide uh, different dimensions on the team and within the offense as well. First of all, both of those guys take a lot of pressure off Josh Allen in the red zone. A lot of pressure off Josh Allen on goal line. We We always look to to, to Josh Allen in terms of, hey, we need you to take less hits. We need you to, 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 to take some pressure and take some stress off Josh Allen. I think in the red zone, in the goal line situations, Latavius Murray with his physicality and Damian Harris with his physicality can do that. Uh, Damian Harris also provides some versatility on special teams. He had a 30 or 40-yard kickoff return um, um, for the Bills special teams. So I just love what they're able to do with the three running backs they have on that offense. And I think they all useful in some type of way. Yeah, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said there. I do before I, before I go on my little spiel, I do want to shout out Peter. Everybody knows Peter. Great, great, great content creator, writer, everything from Bill. Everything. Shout right. out Peter. He's in the, in the chat today. Um, but to your point, I think, yeah, they got to keep it somewhat similar to what they did on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I I think James Cook, he's that he's more he's the dynamic back. He's the you know, he's not going to go in there and he can, but he's not going to go in there and, and pound away for five yards, right. five yards, five yards, mm-hmm. where that's where the change of pace comes from Murray and Harris is they they're guys that will go in and they'll they'll go in there and put their body on the line. I, I mean, mm-hmm. 
Latavius Murray's 33 and he's been doing it for a while. He knows what he's doing and these guys know what they're doing. And like you said, they're going to take pressure off of Josh Allen, which is the number one thing that the run game has, has been, they've been looking for in the run game for the, the past few years is a run game that can take this pressure off and not just have it be, Oh, well, if we're not, if Josh Allen's having an off game, Oh, it's automatically done. Mm-hmm. No, it now, now we're seeing that James Cook can run the ball. Harris can run the ball. Even Murray can run the ball, and they're, they're, it's just a good trio. I think it's just you got a mix. You got a big back in Murray. You got Harris, who isn't a big guy, as in he's not six foul four, six five, but he's able to go in there and beat up on a linebacker and beat up on a corner and really get physical with the defense. Where James Cook is then that, like you said, that that change of pace, that mm-hmm. get him get him the ball on the outside, go exactly. outside outside run outside zone, whatever it is. Get him, get the, get him the ball in his hands. He'll make a guy miss. He'll make a few guys miss. And if you need it, he can fall forward on a guy too. So mm-hmm. it, I, I'm really loving this running back room. And it, I think the bigger thing is, I think this this offensive line's loving this running running back room. And Most as definitely. much as Devin Singletary was great, I I mean I love Devin Singletary. He I think hesitated sometimes to just hit the hole where James Cook you're seeing he's gonna hit it. He mm-hmm. is going if he sees a hole, he's he's hitting that thing. Um, and I think it's just a little bit a little bit different. Um it is. Like it is. than Devin Singletary. So I think his running back room, I I'm I'm excited about it going forward. I'm excited to see it going forward. We got Robert bringing in the stats here for James Cook. Fantastic game again. Six seventeen carries, one point under twenty-three yards. First career 100-yard game, that was one thing we actually didn't mention, but 7.2 yards per carry, 7.2 yards per carry, that is unbelievable. That is what the Bills' offense has been missing. And and Harris, I'll say this one, one thing before we move on, and and think about Harris and, and Latavius Murray and Osiris Torrance and even, even Dulce Kincaid with the ball in his hands. Those guys provide a physicality. They bring some type of nasty, and even Trent Sherfield, right? Those five guys, they bring a, 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 a nasty demeanor, a physical demeanor I think the Buffalo Bills didn't have in years past, and that's what I like about those guys as well. Yeah, I also want to point out, I do think there's one other reason why the Bills' offense looks a little different to everybody and the run game might be flowing a little more. And it brings me to my next question to you of, are you a fan of the offense using as much 12 and 13 personnel as they are with these two tight ends with, you know, three tight, even three tight ends you're seeing with the 13 personnel, but are you, are you liking it or is it something that you're still kind of on the fence about and want to see a little more of? Um, You know what? I believe that's an excellent question in terms of which personnel grouping I like more. And I, I think the definitive answer I can give is, is is whatever's working best right but at the same time but at the same time uh i would love to be multiple because i so i would say both i would love to be able to run that 12 personnel that that 12 personnel one running back two tight ends and and be physical in the trenches and run the ball and and have the players to have the ability to run play action out of that and and make plays like Dawson nah, Dawson Knox and Dawson Kincaid can. And I also like the the 11 personnel. Now, it's multiple ways we can beat you. We could give it to you this way or we could give it to you that way and implement a De- Deontay Hardy or Shakir in the game and, and put, some, uh, put some speed and some wiggle out there. So I think being multiple is 
is especially in this NFL that's transitioning, it's it's very good because I think it it uh, it, it adds more stress to the defensive and defensive personnel and defensive groupings to be able to match up with certain personnel groupings that you're able to implore on offense if you have the guys to do so. Yeah, I think that's one thing I think about this Bills offense that we're seeing for the first time in the Josh Allen era is that they really can beat you in any way. Mm -hmm. They can beat you with a five receiver look. They can beat you in 13 personnel and 12 personnel, whatever it is. They can beat you in any way possible. And I will say I the one thing I do love about seeing this 12 and 13 personnel is I think Dawson or Dalton Kincaid is seeing him on the field with this 12 personnel with Dawson Knox. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it gives us a different aspect of this offense of oh, they they see two tight ends. It's not a, it's not a pretty much an automatic run. They don't they have to worry about both. They have mm-hmm. to worry about Dalton Kincaid or mm-hmm. Dawson Knox peeling out or mm-hmm. it being a play action, and they have to worry about it. And that's the one thing that I'm loving seeing from seeing with this and seeing with the DK squared out there mm-hmm. is that they they are worried. They know that they can't just leave Dal- Dalton Kincaid. They mm-hmm. know that if there's an RPO, they got to stay there. They mm-hmm. cannot leave him. Josh will hit him or Cook's going to hit it up the middle. So I think – it's just it's nice to be able to see the different ways that they can this offense can beat teams, but I'm really loving this 12 and 13 personnel because mm-hmm. I think it just opens up the field for play action more. It mm-hmm. opens it up even just underneath because now you you do fake play action. Those safeties are now and linebackers are dropping, thinking, "Oh no, we got to really drop now." Play action. Mm-hmm. Oh nope, just a little dump off to Cook or a little dump off to Knox or mm-hmm. whoever it is. Mm-hmm. But they can beat you in a multitude of ways. And we haven't even seen some of the guys, which I even want to bring up, like John said here, we haven't really even seen too much of Trent Shurfield getting the ball in his hands. Hardy, mm-hmm. we've only really seen it at the line of scrimmage. We haven't really seen it too much downfield mm-hmm. or anything. So there's still parts of this offense that I think can open up more. Mm-hmm. And can become a bigger factor to this offense than what we're still seeing right now. So that's the exciting part, I think, about what we're seeing with the 12 and 13 personnel is knowing that there's still a lot more to this offense that can, that can, that can come from just this, these two formations and these two just having those two tight ends out there just opens everything up. So any last thoughts on the 12, 13 personnel before I got one last question before we go into the bills commanders. No, nah, man, I think uh, I think you did a did an excellent job covering it. And I and, you know, I, I love it as well. I, you know, I, I really, really like the addition of of the of of Dalton Kincaid and he's what he's doing. You know, it's it, it doesn't seem as much when you see five receptions, 43 yards. It doesn't look as look uh, uh, dominant statistically. But when you're watching him with your eyes, you can just see that. He, he understands the game. He has the high football IQ. He understands the soft zone coverages and, and, and when to sit and when to move. He looks like a savvy vet when he's playing the game and he's only in his rookie season. So I'm really excited for, for Dalton Kincaid and all the personnel um, groupings that uh, we hope to see from the Buffalo Bills throughout the season. Yeah, and to the last thing to your point right there was I, I think, like you said, Dalton Kincaid, he hasn't put up a monster monster stat line yet. Not yet, but he's still affecting the game, even though he's not getting the ball every every time. And I think you're seeing that. I think Gabe Davis this past game was evident of that. Mm-hmm. He had a great game. Gabe Davis had a monster game. Uh, I believe it was about six receptions for 92 yards and a touchdown. And mm-hmm. it's just 
I think that's part of Dalton Kincaid being there is just opening the field up for everybody else. But I do want to move on to the defense. One last part about the defense before we preview this Bills Commanders game coming up. Mm-hmm. I just want to talk about Matt Milano real quick because he deserves to be talked about. This man continues to get better, it seems, year after year after year. Just when Bills fans didn't think it could get any better, or he could get any better. Um, he's looking like a top three linebacker in the league. I mean, that interception was one of the best interceptions I've seen since I've been alive. I mean, it's it's to Moss a, a running back like that is it linebacker at that size is just ridiculous. Um, so what are your just initial thoughts on Matt Milano? And do you think he's the most important player on this defense? Um, uh, Matt Milano is just that, that all pro linebacker, right? That's, that's finally getting that, that recognition. That's finally getting that stardom. I believe us as Buffalo Bills fans and in one bill drive slash Highmark stadium, we all knew that, Matt Milano is not underrated at all. He is him. He is one of the better linebackers in the NFL. So for everybody else to finally see it is is definitely uh, much deserving for for Matt Milano. Throughout the first two games per PFF, uh, 89.9 grade, highest in the NFL. He's the only player since 2022 in the NFL to have five interceptions and at least seven tackles for loss. Um, uh, He... He looks just as good, if not better, with the departure of Tremaine Edmonds. And we always, you know, I, I know I had some some thoughts in, in, in my head of, okay, who's better? Is it is it Matt Milano or is it Tremaine Edmonds? Is Matt Milano playing this well because of Tremaine Edmonds or vice versa? But now we see that Matt Milano is his own entity. He is a guy that is is a great player. Uh, for his own right, and he doesn't need anybody around him to to say as such. So uh, I, I just love uh, Matt Milano. He's 29 years old. I think he has several seasons, several uh, uh, all-pro seasons left in him, and and it's a blessing to have him on the Bills. But as as much as I love Matt Milano, I do think he is the second most important player on the Buffalo Bills. That still goes to Vaughn Miller, in my opinion. Uh, the ability to, to rush the passer and, and, and get to the quarterback, and especially in, in big moments and in plays where you need a guy to step up and make a play in that moment. I believe Vaughn Miller is still that guy, but Matt Milano's not far off. Yeah, I do. I agree with you there. I think he's just behind. He's making a great case for for that title of being the most important on this Bills team. But people, I think, are forgetting a little bit about Von Miller and just how dominant that he is. Um, but yeah, Matt Milano, I mean, it's, it is really ridiculous. And that, I'm glad you touched on the Tremaine Edmonds point a, a little bit is... Mm-hmm. It is something that I think a lot of fans were wondering of, oh, we knew we know Matt Milano's good. We knew that he was great. Mm-hmm. But... Is he as good as we had thought? Mm-hmm. And I think it's very evident now that, man, he really is. I mean, he's, I think, might be, like you said, better than some of us initially thought with the departure of Tremaine Edmonds showing just how good he is and how much he means to this defense. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's something that he is getting a little older, but, I mean, it just seems like he gets better every year. So mm-hmm. until he starts to decline a little bit, I think, I think we, we get – the Bills got themselves a stud there. Um, they got themselves a leader and a guy that can really, really even teach these younger linebackers like a Bernard or like a Dorian Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, yeah, Mamelano, huge game. Not going to be the only one this season that we'll see out of him. I guarantee it. Um, but, yeah, but, but let's move on now to the Bills Commanders. A little bit of preview there. They're going to Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, they got a new they got new ownership. They got a new offensive coordinator in Biennemi, mm-hmm. new quarterback in Sam Howell. They, they're 2-0 on the season. And, again, I know people are going to say, well, you know, it's not exactly against the best teams. Cardinals, they beat by four, and then they almost blew it against the Broncos on a Hail Mary. Um, but, luckily, the Broncos didn't get the two-point conversion. So, they haven't played the best teams yet, but they are 2-0. And they've looked – improved from last season mostly i think due to eric Bianami being there and kind of getting this offense rolling a little more scary terry still looks good over there so what do you think about this matchup just your oh first of all your overall thoughts before we get into offensive defense what is your just overall thoughts on this matchup um and how are you feeling for the bills going into this game uh washington to the commanders the first thing i think people think is like okay this should you know, the Bills should steamroll over these guys. They're not really talked about in the national media. They're not a team that you're going to see on in primetime games. They're not a team that's going to be talked about in the national media on first take or 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 any any other these outlets, right? But when you look at them play and you look at their roster, you 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 can put the some certain things together and say, you know what? This is a, a pretty talented ball club and is a, a very underrated ball club. I think the Washington Commanders have a lot of talent on both sides of the ball. And now you have the addition of an Eric the Enemy as, as offensive coordinator. And we was wondering all these years, okay, why isn't the enemy uh, being considered for a head coaching opportunity, being the Kansas City Chiefs offensive coordinator? And he had to prove himself. Right. So he had to get away from Andy Reid and get away from those shadows and, and prove that he could stand on his own tent and call plays for an NFL franchise. And throughout the first two games, uh, the Washington Commanders are two and no. And he have they he has Sam Howell, who was a fifth round pick, looking looking very, very impressive to start off his his young career. I like the Washington Commanders roster. Yeah, I'm with you there. I do like it. And it's and the one thing I do want to point out also is that it's young. Mm-hmm. You know, Sam Howell's young guy, Brian Robinson Jr., young guy, and it looks like he's officially taken over that backfield. Even Terry McLaurin is still a young receiver. And then mm-hmm. Jahan Dotson and Curtis Samuel is like the oldest one, and he's 28. So they mm-hmm. have a young squad offensively, um, at least in their weapons. And then defensively, you know, you still got Chase Young, you got Darren Payne, or uh, and then you got Jonathan Allen. So you got you mm-hmm. got a solid defensive line there. And mm-hmm. I do like the pieces that what that they have. And I think with the enemy over time, over this season, you'll see them improve week by week, mm-hmm. just mostly due to the fact that it's a new offense. It's a new coordinator for all these young guys, especially young guys in the NFL. I don't think people realize that it does take them a little bit to, to get used to certain things. Mm-hmm. I think we see some players come in and just be absolutely dominant right away, which then when we see a guy come in and struggle, it, it kind of throws off what we think of them and what how the how the media even views them. So mm-hmm. I think a guy like Sam Howell, who didn't really get a shot last year besides towards the end of the year, now comes in, has a new offensive coordinator, can really prove what he's got. And I think he, he's looked solid so far in his young career, and I think he's only going to improve. So I do like this Washington team. I think that they're not a team to sleep on at all. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And actually, I do want to sidetrack real quick because I do have just one quick question for you just because this did pop up on my phone real quick. Sure. Uh, about 15 minutes ago, we, I saw a report about Devontae Adams who apparently took a shot at Taylor Rapp about his hit, his his hit that late hit that he took from him towards the end of the game saying that Taylor Rapp has quote no true purpose um so what do you think of just that comment real quick and just the hit even on Devontae late in that game well you know it's 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 a combative sport you know and things are going to happen when you're playing at you know a hundred miles per hour and you, you know you're, you're trying to you're trying to make a play for your team sometimes things happen at the same time you want to be able to to protect these guys as much as possible. We want to be able to limit uh, dirty plays, hits, or, or low blows, or hits to the head. We see CTE and what's happening and what what can happen to players. So uh, I just think that in terms of the comment, it was just more about frustration in Devontae Adams' part and and possibly affecting his his I don't want to say livelihood but in a sense that's what it is when you when you make a play and you, and you get taken out for a concussion so I just think that's more frustration on Devontae Adams part in in in, in being hit or being concussed late in the game yeah I think I mean I, I'm not gonna sit, sit here and say that either person is like I don't think Taylor Rapp meant to you know be mm-hmm. I don't think he wanted to hit him like that or wanted to injure him mm-hmm. when being a guy like Devontae Adams, I think, you know, it is something that's tough to see when it is a hit like that right to your head and you're the one getting injured. It is, it can be a frustrating thing. So I think at the end of the day, I think it is what it is. It's football. You see it all the time. You saw it in Colorado, Colorado State this past weekend. You see it, you see it all the time. Hits mm-hmm. just happen. Mm-hmm. And like you said, they go 100 miles per hour and that just happens. And I think, you know, the Raiders had a rough game Sunday. Devontae gets hurt late in kind of a meaningless play towards the end of that game. Mm. And like you said, it just it's gotta be just a little bit of frustration. frustration. I just wanted your I just wanted your thoughts on that real quick because it nice. did pop up on my phone. I thought it was a little interesting. Um, but we can we'll go back to the commanders game here because I got two quick questions for you about the commanders game. First I, I got your initial thoughts, but how do you think this offense matches up with this defense? We we highlighted them a little bit, right? They got Chase Young, they got Darren Payne, Jonathan Allen, Montez Sweat. That's the defensive line, and then they even got Manuel Forbes back there, young rookie who's uh-huh. made some plays in his, early in his career. Kendall Fuller is a solid number one there. So, uh-huh. what do you think of this def- this defense that the Bills are facing, and how do you think the Bills match up against them? So, I I as much as I I I. I like the defense for the Washington Commanders. I think they have a good D-line. You mentioned Payne and Young. They have Montez Sweat and Allen and Emmanuel Forbes. He had a pick this past Sunday. Um, uh, so they they have they have the talent to be disruptive, right? So that's 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 one thing I do give the Washington Commanders. They have more talent on that defensive front and in that defensive backfield than the Las Vegas Raiders. So this is this is a game we spoke about. I spoke about Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense being mistake free and having minimal penalties and zero turnovers and four mistakes. This is the type of game where you want to continue that stance. You want to continue to be to to limit your uh, your penalties. You want to continue to play mistake free. Uh, style football and not turn over the football because this is a team where if you're making mistakes, 
they can get you, they can beat you. So as, as, as much as we want to talk about the Washington commanders defense and that I respect much, this is more about the Buffalo Bills offense and doing the same thing, whatever the staff did uh, last week, they need to reiterate it this week, mistake-free uh, style football, do not beat yourselves. And if the Buffalo Bills can do that, they will be successful against the Washington commanders. Yeah, I think, you know, the Bills, they had a they had a challenge last week with Max Crosby, and they held up well. Mm-hmm. His offensive line now has a new, new, just, I'm blanking on the word that I'm looking for, but just new challenge. Yeah, new challenge, mm-hmm. new challenge coming this, this Sunday. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be interesting to see because, you know, as an, being an offensive line, it's good to have a good weeks, but you can't get too much in your head because it can go way wrong the next week. Correct. And with a defensive line like this, if the Bills, if they even get a little lackadaisical, they will be punished, like you said. You can't be sloppy. you got to still be on your, on your game. Um, but I'm still not really too worried about this matchup. I think if they get the ball out fast, they'll be able to, to not easily, but with with relative ease be able to beat this Washington defense. I expect them to challenge Emmanuel Forbes early and often, especially if he's guarding a guy like Stefan Diggs. I expect him to attack almost every time with a young guy being out there against, you know, Gabe Davis or uh, Stefan Diggs. I just think that's the mismatch they're going to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I, you know, I think this, this offense matches up pretty well against him. The linebacking core, I'm not super impressed with. And, you know, again, they're still got some young pieces that need to pick it up a little bit there. Um, but by no means can this offense come out and turn the ball over three times and expect to win this game just because this team, they have the pieces. That's the one thing that I think this people need to realize. I still see people sleeping on Washington a lot, you mm-hmm. know, saying, oh, they're own too, but they barely beat anybody. I get that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they're they're not a team that you necessarily need to be scared of, but they're a team that you don't want to take lightly. And right. I think the Bills, if they if they come out sloppy early on, they're going to find out very quick that this is something you can't you can't do that against a team like this. There was one of those teams that kind of remind me of the Patriots this year. Mm-hmm. They're a team that you know you might be confident that you will beat, but you cannot by any means come out sloppy against them. Um, so I, I'm I'm excited to see how the, how this defense plays against the Bills, just because I was a fan of Emmanuel Forbes coming out of college. I, I've loved this defensive line for a while. Um, so it, it'll be it'll be a test, another test for this offensive line. That's the one thing that I'm really looking to see, and I think that's going to be a big factor on how the Bills' offense rolls this week. If the offensive line can open up the run lanes, if they can give Josh Allen time time to throw the ball. That's going to be the key because if, if they can't get the run game going and they Josh is running for his life, we better hope Josh has is is playing out of his mind and doesn't make make some dumb mistakes like he did against the Jets. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Any last thoughts on the how the offense matches up? Um, no, I mean I think we I think we we did a good job at hitting, hitting the nail on the head. Just we want to you know limit limit the penalties, uh, no turnovers. Don't take them lightly. You know, we we are going to Washington, so they're gonna have they're gonna have the crowd and they're gonna have some momentum. So, you know, this 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 do our one eleven and take care of business. 
Yeah. Um, so then let's move on to the, how the defense matches up against this offense. We just talked about him a little bit with the offense, right? We talked about Sam Howell, Eric Bianami coming in. Um, but how do you think the commander's offense will match against the Bills? Obviously, they only, like I said, they played a Cardinals offense that's very below average. And then they put up 35 points on a Broncos t- defense who I think a lot of people think is a pretty, pretty, pretty good defense. Um, and they put up 35 on them. So how do you think this this offense matches up now going into week three under Eric Bieniemy? Well, you know, they have weapons. They they definitely have weapons when you have Scary Terry and Curtis Samuel and Johan Dotson out there. Um, you know, in, in, their 11 personnel can be pretty dangerous. They got former Buffalo Bill, uh, Logan Thomas at tight end. We'll see if he plays. I know I think he was battling nursing some type of injury. We'll see how we'll see how he do. Uh, Brian Robinson, uh, Antonio Gibson, he's kind of been phased out by Brian Robinson, but he still has explosive ability to make plays. So uh, overall, with Eric Bieniemy, I I do hope that Washington Commanders and Eric Bieniemy is successful because I'm glad that he finally gets his opportunity to to showcase what he can do as an offensive coordinator. But uh, I, I'm not hoping for that this week. The Buffalo Bills have to implore their will. They have to get to Sam Howell. McDermott has to make, as a defensive coordinator, uh, you have to make this this young player a fifth-round pick, second year, fourth start. You got to make it look as such, right? You have to make him uh, confuse him in different disguises and and slants and stunts and and get to him and bring him down. 35.7% of the time Sam Howell is pressured is resulted into a sack, and that's the highest in the NFL. You know, if you want to get a a comparison, I believe Josh Allen's at 23.3%. So that's that's pretty significant difference at 35%. So uh, the name of the game is going to be to, to pressure and get to Sam Howell, knock him off his spots, rattle him as a rookie. And if we can do that, then – uh, I, I I think guys like Matt Milano and, and Christian Benford and Micah Hyde can can make plays and, and Gregory Rousseau can can make plays and 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 be disruptive and and give the offense extra opportunities. Yeah, I agree with a lot. Like everything you said there, I think you know you ha- if if you can't get Pat, that's the only worry is if they can't get to Howell. Right. And my number one thing, if they can't get to Howell which is pretty much every game for me, I feels like that is one of my worries, is tackling. Mm-hmm. They need to tackle. and they Because Brian Robinson's a physical running back. Yes. And Jahan Dodson can make plays with the ball in his hands. And Curtis Samuel's got speed. I mean, we all know Terry McLaurin. He's, mm-hmm. I, to, in my opinion, one of the most underrated receivers in this league. Mm-hmm. I mean, he can make plays in double coverage. He can make mm-hmm. plays. After, I mean, he's just a talented receiver who can do a little bit of everything. So uh, they need to tackle consistently. It's something that I think throughout the Sean McDermott era, we've seen struggle from time to time. So they just they need to be able to wrap up. They need to be able to get guys on the ground or else a guy like Brian Robinson and John Dodson, they will make you pay mm-hmm. very fast because – Brian Robinson can get physical with anybody. I mean, right. it, whether it's Matt Milano, whether it's Greg Russo, whether it's Terrell Bernard, he will get physical with them and he will put his shoulder down and try to run through them. Stiff arm, whatever it is, he will get in there and make make guys regret trying to tackle him. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, that's the number one thing. They just need to tackle. Eric Bianami is a great play caller. So 
we'll see how they they, they kind of go after him because again this is an offense we haven't seen too much of we've only seen two weeks of it so far so mm-hmm. we we could see some adjustments we could see them i think struggle early on mm-hmm. maybe you know like we saw with the raiders go down right away and score but then they've made adjustments and that's one thing i think Sean mcdermott does very well with this defense is they mm-hmm. make phenomenal adjustments mm-hmm. so I mean, it, it matches up well. I, I honestly think this is a very good matchup for both teams. I think yes. the commanders match up a lot better than people are giving them credit for. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, again, it's just due to them being young. So last, any last thoughts on the Bills commanders before? I got two questions for you from the uh, audience that we will go over quick, and then mm-hmm. we'll do our, get into our game predictions and hot takes. So any last thoughts on the offense-defense matching up? No, I just, you know, I, I, I'm just going to be interested to see how guys continue to progress. Is Josh Allen going to continue to play mistake-free football and 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 uh, piggyback off of the performance he had last week? Uh, Stephon Diggs, he people think he had a quiet game, seven receptions, 66 yards. I think he had an excellent game. I think he had a loud game. He was able to uh, take take pressure off the other receivers as well. So I think he was a reason why guys like Gabe Davis was able to have big games. So um, I'm just going to be interested to see our guys that's supposed to make plays continue to make plays. And as long as we do that, I think we'll be all right. Yeah. All right. Well, I got two questions from the audience here. First one I'm going to bring up is from Sophie. Should we be concerned with Poyer? He looked a, he looked like he was a step behind all game this past week. And I think we've seen a little bit of this talk, a little bit about how Poyer may have slowed down. So is Poyer a concern to you? Do you think he'll be fine throughout the season? I think it, I, so I'm not, I'm not, I'm not highly concerned, but there is some concern there. I, he, to me, he looks like he is a step slow. And I think it's more apparent when the Buffalo Bills do not stop the run. The Buffalo Bills don't stop the run. It forces him to get more in the picture, and I, I, it shows his lack of speed and, and the, his lack of, of his angles to pursue, right? I think both of those are, are what's lacking in Jordan Poirier or what I've seen lacking in Jordan Poirier as of late. But as far as the course of the season, Jordan Poirier is still a great player. He still has a high IQ. The Buffalo Bills defense is still a great defense, and I think they will find ways to put him in the best ways to continue to be successful as a safety for the Bills. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head right there. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a little concerning that he's slowing down a little bit, but my the way that I look at it as well is he never was a – phenomenal unbelievable athlete Athlete. that was going to run a four two four three right so he's always been a instinctual player smart player and i think he'll continue to be a smart player for this team so yeah i I agree with you there maybe a little concerned Mm -hmm. um if we get to week 15 16 17 and he's getting burned and he's just getting you know then we have a little more concern but i mean i think I think he'll be fine. He's been in this defense for so long. Him, as long as Micah Hyde's right next to him, I think he'll be fine. Um, as well as, you know, they could always take some plays off for him with a guy like Taylor Rapp to come in. So who knows how they'll handle him this season. You know, he's 32. He's been on this team for a while. We'll see what goes on. Um, but last question from the audience, one that we don't really can't really answer too much, but so I guess take kind of a little guess um, in your opinion. 
question from Steven again. When do we expect to see DeMar get the green light from McDermott? We haven't seen him play yet. Been a health scratch both weeks. So what do you think? Maybe it's just a little guess on what you when you think we'll see DeMar. Uh, it, you know, it's tough to say right now. Uh, DeMar Hamlin, of course, we all know what he battled and what he had to endure. And his comeback story is definitely amazing. But with the Buffalo Bills having Jordan Poyer, who's finally healthy, Micah Hyde, who's finally healthy, implementing a, a Taylor Rapp, I think those three guys are just better players at the moment, just to call a spade a spade. And uh, uh, in, in, God forbid there's an injury in this combative sport because things like that do happen. Then I think DeMar Hamlin will be called upon. What week that happens, who knows? Yeah, I, I think, again, yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, we don't even really know the reason why he's sitting out. It could be could be just simply because they don't see him touching the field with Rap, with Poyer, with Hyde out there. Mm -hmm. um, it could be that they just want to give him a little more time to kind of get back into football mm -hmm. shape. Maybe he's struggling mm -hmm. a little bit to fully get 100% back. So who knows? I mean, I think we'll definitely see him this season. I think without a doubt we'll see him. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully it's not because somebody gets injured. But, you know, we never know. It's good to have never the insurance. Know. It's good to have a guy that's played, you know, he's played in a lot of games, at least in this Bills off or Bills defense, that if somebody does go down, we saw it last year, he could step in. He might mm -hmm. not be an all-pro, might not be, an, uh, you know, a pro bowler, but he can be a guy that can step in and play in a defense that he's at least familiar with. Um, mm -hmm. So great questions there from you guys. But last thing before we end the show, we're going to do our game score predictions, if you got one, and then – a hot take or two. I got ended up having three of them. So mm -hmm. if you got any hot takes, um, you can do either one first. What do you got for score prediction and hot takes? So score prediction, I have the Buffalo Bills winning 37-24 Buffalo Bills. I think it's going to be a, a, a pretty entertaining game, uh, to say the least. I do think the Washington Commanders are just because they have that home field advantage and they have Eric Bieniemy. I think they're going to have some success early on, and I think as the game progresses, Sean McDermott will will buckle down, figure things up, and and figure things out, and the Buffalo Bills will pull away. So 37-24. The reason Bills. I chuckled there a little bit is because I got a, I got mine written down, and mm -hmm. I have 34-24, 37-24. So I have the same exact score, 37-24. Um, that's kind of actually kind of that's, funny. That that's crazy. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I guess we're both going 34, 37, 24. I do agree with you there. I think that they'll get some points early, mm -hmm. get on the board, um, yeah, maybe even a late garbage time touchdown. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I think this offense will roll again, and I think this defense will do its job to, to the point where this offense will have a – this team will have a good day. Um, do you got any hot takes before we hop off here? Hot takes. Dalton Kincaid scores his first touchdown of the season. We, you know, I don't know if it's what what's going on. Right now, but I also have that. I do think Dalton Kincaid gets his first touchdown, but I also yeah. have another one that I think James Cook goes over a hundred yards again. I think he goes back to back, and then I do have one more. I think Greg Rousseau has a monster game. I think he gets three sacks. That's nice. that's the I like that. That's I think that's the really the bold one there with Greg Rousseau. But you know, he's looked good so far. I think he's due for a big game. So. Cook over 100, me and you both, I guess, got Kincaid going with a touchdown, uh, mm -hmm. his first career touchdown, and then Greg Rousseau we got three sacks. So, yep. uh, I like yeah. it. I like those. Yeah. Very Hopefully impressive. we'll see a Bills dub. 
Um, any last words though before we do hop off to just everybody watching to Bills Mafia for Sunday? Hey man, uh, no, no, not at all. I, you know, I think this was an you know an excellent show today. I think the breakdowns were 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 very good. It was analytical. We had a lot of great talking points there. Appreciate everybody in the comment section for for tuning in and 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 helping us uh continue the show with your with your great questions so overall ben shook this is our first show our first of hopefully many and um i think this was a great performance by us tonight yeah yeah it was a fun Got one I mean, mm-hmm. yeah yep got to give us mm-hmm. a little pat but that was, I mean, it was a fun one man it was it was awesome being able to talk a little bit i mean it's i think it's a little different vibe this week than it was last week especially with the you know the jets game come going into the now the raiders game but you know mm-hmm. hopefully we, next week we can talk a little bit more and hopefully it's good talk again off another win so again thanks for you guys for all t- t- for tuning in be sure to like comment subscribe down below it really helps out everybody over here at building buffalo be sure to even check out the other shows that we got going on over here at building buffalo they have Every night you could see see a new something new come out. Every day you can see something new come out. So be sure to like, comment, subscribe, go check everybody out. Izzy's does great stuff. Peter, you know, I, you know everybody. Lance, down the line, everybody does great work over here at Building Buffalo. So be sure to go check them out. As always, go Buffalo, and we will see you guys next week. Go Bills.